recording. Hello, hello. Welcome back, guys. Um, okay, so before we start off on our episode two, shout out to everybody who's been giving support for the podcast. We honestly thought only like two people would listen to us, <laughs> that being two of our friends, but people actually came through and like DM'd us saying that they really like the podcast and they're looking forward to like the next few episodes, which made me really happy. Um, other than that, I turned like one of my old Instagram account that's um, called Umpo and So Sad. So definitely give it a follow. We on we asked um people who are following the account what they wanted to see in the next few episodes, and we got a lot of topics. And one of them we're going to be covering today as well. So that's going to be fun. Yep um so also like Sosin says super grateful for all the support we've gotten and um we're really excited and um really ready to keep making more episodes for you guys and so we hope you guys like our content um we're glad that people responded back to us and gave us topics to talk about because I feel like all those topics were good ones that even we would have thought about ourselves so Um, just knowing that there are people out there who, you know, think about the same topics and want to hear more about them and different perspectives, um, also really was, um, pretty great. And so today we're going to start off by, um, talking about, um, uh, our country and our lives. And so, Sosan, do you want to go ahead and start, um, by talking about it? Sure. Actually, somebody um, on Instagram said they wanted us to talk about love for your country and your homeland versus growing up in Western countries, which is a great topic to talk about because I've lived in two different countries and so has Umtil where she's moved around a lot. So it's an interesting perspective. So we're going to start off by talking about the El Paso shooting. And I wanted to get Umtil's opinion on this because she's from Texas herself. So I feel like that really hit home for you, you know? So living in Texas is pretty interesting because um, I don't know if many people know, but we are an open carry state, which means that um, you're allowed to openly carry um, a weapon on you. And it can be publicly displayed. Um, Most other, a lot of other ones, you're allowed to have a weapon, but it's concealed. So You'll have it like in your belt and your shirt would be covering it or it'd be somewhere else. So but but Texas is we're an open carry state. And in comparison to the other ones, because we are a traditionally conservative Republican state, it's easier to um, get away with a lot of stuff, including like gun laws. And so it's also really strict. And actually, this morning, I read that they're supposed to they're actually planning to um, um to make the gun laws here in Texas less strict. So they're going to fall back on some rules and um, let a bit of looseness in there. And I thought that that's so, in- that's like in- that's so interesting because we just had a, pa- a shooting in El Paso and it was so momentous um, because so many lives were taken. And I think that, you know, living in Texas, even like um, a while back we had the shooting um, in um, high school and that was actually here in the Houston area and um, I just think about how it's so dangerous like these times and I also read yesterday there was a an article on CNN 
which talked about how there were two countries, Uruguay and Venezuela, that issued warnings about coming to the United States because of the presence of mass shooting here. So it's so interesting that um, a country, you know, United States, goes around banning other countries for their violence and their potential um, harm. But people are now starting to ban us and thinking and telling people to, like, be careful when you come here because it's really not safe. You never know. You could walk out anywhere. I mean, we've had shootings in schools, in Walmart, um, in churches, in mosques. We've had it everywhere. It's so prevalent. Um, it's definitely not safe to live here. I mean, you obviously, like, I walk out every day out of my house. I go to school or I do anything. I go on grocery runs. And I'm thinking, you know, you never know when it'll be the last of your life. Well, that's definitely scary. I can't imagine living in a place where, you know, guns are so accepted like that. Like, living in Canada, like, to a certain extent, we're so blessed that, you know, that's not that's not the case. But at the same time, we have so much gun violence happening in Toronto. It's so scary. Just like when the Toronto parade was going on and, like, shots were fired. And that was so scary because nobody, nobody died. I, that's my um, – that's what I think. But um, – even that is just so scary to know that people carry guns and just openly, like, I can't even process that. And I've never been in a situation, like, I leave my house and I'm not scared, you know, that, oh, somebody's going to pull out a gun. So I think that's so different, like, for you. Like, how do you feel, like, living in America? Do you feel like you have to be patriotic to a country that's, you know, that just allows that? Like, I don't know how I would feel living um, there. So it's, it's interesting because um, I know that growing up, Um, I was always taught because, you know, that's what um, our religion teaches. Um, That's what my faith is. Um, And my parents always instilled like this, this belief in me that, you know, where you live and the country that gives you, you need to be loyal to it. And so living in America and I feel, I mean, I'm um, a Canadian citizen as well. So since I was born and brought up there for a little um, portion of my time and I was very patriotic then you know we were all very patriotic then that because uh, my parents are immigrants so coming to a country like Canada back from where from Pakistan where they used to live it's such a difference and you really start to think about how um how much this country is giving you um and like now that I think about the United States and all of the flaws whether we have like you know Black Lives Matter movements and other civil rights issues um, things going on with the current presidency, um, these school shootings and other mass shootings that happen. And I think about it and it's like, yeah, our country has so many flaws. And that's something that's a part of all countries. And yeah, it'll, it'll make me hesitant to support the country. But then I also think about that this country, I have a place to live. Um, I have the right to get an education. Um, expensive one but I have a right to get one um my parents have jobs we can build a life here um we are free to practice our religion I mean one of the biggest things I know for both of us um and the families in our history Mm -hmm. is we have the freedom to practice our religion and um although living in a state like Texas where it's conservative um walking outside in a hijab is definitely very different and does make you feel uncomfortable sometimes based on 
how people treat you, but we still, nobody's going to ask us to take it off because, you know, that's our right to practice our faith. And so this country does take a lot from us. And um, one of the things recently it's been taking is a good peace of mind, but it's also giving us a lot. So having a little bit of patriotism is fine, but I think it's also important to understand that you need to be able to recognize the flaw in your country so that you can work towards the more so that, you know, other people Mm -hmm. don't have that. um, Other people are not suffering because what's the point of living a life happily when others are suffering, you know? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I feel like, I feel like a completely different way about that topic like growing up I I tell this to everybody like I'm so culturally (laughs) confused which I think everybody knows because like I'm Pakistani so my parents are like you know one fourth no one fourth is Kashmiri and three fourths is Mm -hmm. Punjabi right but I never grew up in Pakistan so my my dad um after he got married he got relocated to UAE Abu Dhabi so all me and my siblings, we grew up there, you know, for a certain mm-hmm. time being. But that wasn't a country that's, that I consider home. I consider that place where I just grew up. So it, it was interesting because, you know, you're Pakistani living in an Arab country, not really connected to your roots, not really knowing what's happening. So that was interesting. And then we moved to Canada, um, like early on in my childhood. And then, you know, imagine a kid being so confused, like you're Pakistani, <laughs> grew up in an Arab country, now you're living in Canada where they're speaking English English to you. I'm like, <laughs> like I, I never knew, like, I was just so confused, like, speaking so many different languages, it was just so weird for me. But then um, growing up here in Canada, I, it was just so different because we had the right to practice our religion, which was a main, which I grew to love because, you know, in Pakistan and in UAE, certain minorities, you can't practice your beliefs or else mm-hmm. you'll be killed so my view about that like I don't feel love towards UAE because of that because my parents had to hide and you know um protect themselves from practicing their religion and same for Pakistan as well I've been to Pakistan once which is I guess surprising but I've been there once when I was a kid um I always want to go back because obviously you know culture plays a big role in our lives but when I see Pakistan as a country I see I don't see you know a country that I can love you know if this country has persecuted so many of our family members continues to kill so many people based on their minority based on their religion not even just Muslims like Christians and Hindus have such a hard time living there so whenever whenever Pakistan day rolls around I just feel a certain type of way because you know there's people on like the timeline singing <laughs> Dil Dil Pakistan and I'm just sitting there like I don't really know how to feel about this country like obviously I'm grateful that of my roots and being from Pakistan obviously I'm never gonna change we're never gonna I'm never gonna be able to change the fact that I'm Pakistani and I don't want to change the fact but I think what um, I've gotten into a lot of arguments with people on Twitter because of this, because people refuse to accept the fact that Pakistan mm-hmm. has flaws. And they think that if you recognize these flaws, that it equates to hating your country. I don't hate Pakistan. I hate the fact that Pakistan is not able to accept certain things. So just because we realize these flaws, like imagine that you have to realize it, you can't just 
like love something and then not realize the flaws like that's that's like having a toxic relationship with your (laughs) own country you know you have to realize that this country has you know has like a dark past and not a lot of people talk about it so whenever I get the chance in like any of my papers or like in my classes I like to talk about this and it comes up in my readings too surprisingly so I don't know I just feel I just feel completely different about that like I'm trying to come to terms with it like yes I'm Pakistani Mm -hmm. I grew up in an Arab country but now I'm Canadian I have a Canadian citizenship but trying to accept like all three parts but like compared to living in Canada I feel like where we take that for advantage so much because just learning if you learn about the history of where we're coming from of Pakistan and UAE where you know the right for religion practicing your religion is not there and then coming here and openly practicing your religion where I can openly say what I believe in you know it's just so much different having an education being able to live under a home but also understanding that you can be grateful for all these things and also realize your country's mistakes you know no country is perfect that's just so absurd to say and you can be patriotic as much as you want but I I I don't feel that way for me I don't feel like I connect to a certain country more Mm -hmm. you know I see that I can see that Um, with with Pakistan I definitely agree with you um because I've been to Pakistan about three times in my life the first two I was pretty young um but the 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 third time I went I was about 11 or 12 years old so I remember that visit really vividly we were there for about like a month or so and I remember like experiencing all like obviously like um the culture we were experiencing um the family atmosphere we were experiencing but but then I I saw, you know, um, I had an uncle, he had to leave every night um, because he was in security. And that just made me think about like, you know, how it's not, you know, Pakistan has like all these beautiful things about it, its culture, its people. But then, you know, at the end of the day, you have to think about it's not safe there. It's um it's it's hard for so many people to live and all these minorities so yeah I agree with you and and growing up you know Mm -hmm. I've only lived in Canada or the United States um and um I have a I have a my my brown dad obviously um he he loves watching ARY and Geo obviously yeah oh god yeah so that's like a constant and every day in his car he's always listening to you know some um, talk shows with his favorite reporters who give him like the best you know reports about Pakistan whatever happening and I always ask him and I'm like why do you listen so much to you know Pakistani news and talk shows and you know not as much you know I don't see you listening to like CNN or NBC or any of the news channels here and he goes well that's because I that's where I was born and that's where I grew up and that's where I lived my life and my dad in his youth, he also traveled to a bunch of places. He traveled to Turkey and stuff like that. Um, and he's been to Dubai and whatnot. And um, so he has experienced all those cultures. But I think, and he's lived in here in Canada and the United States as well for so long. And they always just get back to the fact that, you know, they just, they're, that's where they, they identified with the most. Because, you know, at the end of the day, their main identity the way other people see them is as a Pakistani. They're not going to see them as an, yeah. as an American or a Canadian. You know, what more, what's more interesting to yeah. people is, 
is their Pakistani identity. So I think it's um, really interesting to see how, you know, like I always tell my parents and I'm like, you know, I I don't really, I don't really see myself. I mean, I, I am a Pakistani, but I, I think I'm more Canadian American because I've been brought up here, but I still have all that, mm-hmm. um, all that, all the aspects of Pakistan instilled in me because that's how my parents raised me. Yeah. So I think it's, interesting because our parents you know they're still so attached to all of Pakistan and still want to know what's going on here despite all its flaws and its problems and despite the way they treat us as a community um, and the minorities Mm -hmm. but you know we live here in the United States and Canada and we have minorities being treated I mean we have the natives being treated awfully they don't get their rights we have and now, uh, you know, people of color are being attacked by, you know, um, not people, by people who aren't of color and all this, you know, this dynamic here. So it's it's really interesting to see how each person, you know, identifies themselves with different countries, you know, in their own ways. 100%. I think the first time... I've always, like, growing up, I've always seen myself as, like, a Canadian person, but I think the first time I realized I was different in terms of country and religion-wise, well, I think I told, I tell everybody this, in grade eight, grade <laughs> eight, okay, this boy in my class, he, we had a, um, project about religion so my friend she wasn't muslim but i told her she was doing the um her project on islam so i was like telling her like you know the basic information that i know and i'm like and i was telling about her about oh how like a lot of my people were killed and blah blah and i guess one of these boys overheard what sect i follow Mm -hmm. right so he goes back and tells all his boys, you know, growing up in Brampton, like there was a big group of brown guys and they they just used to, oh my God, this is so funny to say because I still see them on Instagram <laughs> and stuff like that. So one of the, they one of them came up to me. I don't even remember because it was such a weird time in my life. They're like, you're a gawfer. I was like, <laughs> what? What the heck is a gawfer, you know? But I think like soon I just came to realize what that word means and being told that in like grade eight that oh you're a gopher you're a non-believer because of what Mm -hmm. I follow just just changed my perspective a lot and being told that like on twitter all the time when you like when you're trying to get your point across you're a gopher you're you're not valid Mm -hmm. your points aren't valid your religion isn't valid you as a person isn't valid and being told that oh you're gonna go to hell you're gonna you're not even a person uh your your original country Pakistan doesn't even recognize you as a Muslim so who are you to say you're a Muslim you know that that's that's why I just resonate with Canada more because you know this country has given us those Mm. basic rights whereas my my our home country hasn't which is interesting you know I feel that um mostly you know me growing up um I usually went to schools that weren't that didn't really have uh, many, I mean, now where we live and now the country has gotten much more diverse than it was about 10 years ago. But growing up in the schools that I went to, um, they didn't have many people of uh, many Muslims or, you know, any people of color, really. So uh, mm-hmm. my nobody really, you know, questioned um, my my um, my sect. But they questioned my religion, you know, being a terror, you know, being called terrorists and whatnot. 
and mm-hmm. that was something you know growing up like I got a lot like why why did you why do you do that and sometimes I found myself like you know the first time I, I think I remember someone saying that to me um, was in I think sixth grade and someone uh, we were having you know in our social sciences or history classes we would learn about religions right and so we were on Islam that week and um, this girl I um, we were talking about it and so I, I heard I was talking about it with my friends and I was telling my teacher about myself and then all of a sudden I hear out in the I could hear out in the hallway that there was a girl that had been taken out of her class because she was like, oh, my God, look at all those terrorists because, you know, oh she God. was so I think I always got I didn't really get much of that, you know, sect hate until I was in high school. And it wasn't really like direct mm-hmm. in high school. It would mostly be like, oh, I tell them that, oh, you know, I'm part of this um, community. And then after that, I would never hear from them, them again. They wouldn't meet eyes. Oh, yeah. with them. I think yeah. I think everybody yeah, I hate that so much. It's especially when you make friends with like other Muslims in university. It's like you're just hoping that question just doesn't come up. And I feel like I just re- re- reached a certain point where when I tell them and like their reaction just says it all. You know, if you're not gonna have a positive reaction, we're living in Canada, son. Like we're not yeah. back home. You can't tell me my my religion is wrong. You know, say it up front. So, but you can completely tell by like the the way people react when mm-hmm. you tell them. But you know, I feel like that fear is still within us. Like, oh, like we can't tell them because they're gonna have this certain reaction. They're gonna go home, tell their parents, and then their parents are gonna know, and then they're grandparents are gonna know you know it's just like the cycle that Mm -hmm. never stops and it's crazy how we experience this in Canada and America as well you know you you really think that that stuff would have stopped back home but it's reached here too in fact like it reached in the UK you know I don't know if you remember but Mm. um there's in the UK there's like a lot of hate groups obviously and more extremist views um there and they even you know attacked and killed um one of our member, one of the members of our community, um, who was working. So it's like we're not even mm-hmm, safe here yes, because yes. you never know to the extent you know someone would go. You know, people who are super passionate about their faith and think that we're completely wrong, you know, can completely still come attack us because you know we never know, you know, who can be trusted. So I think that you know yeah. us feeling hesitant about you know revealing our identities is okay. And, um, but, you know, as I, as I get older, I'm like, no, it's an important part of me. And I don't want to hide that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it affects, um, I felt, I felt like it was affecting my job too last summer. Um, before I gave my interview and I gave my reference list and I had the community name, under somewhat one of my references and I was like oh no my supervisor was Muslim you know she's gonna find out she's not gonna accept it blah 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 but then I got the job and I started working there I was literally like you know I love that job so much I loved working there I loved everybody there and I soon came to realize that you know she was so educated like she had like several degrees and her husband had several degrees so I feel like a lot of the times when people like spew this stuff it's coming from uneducated minds who have never been in school have never you know really understood the background most of the time it's coming from people who are uneducated or getting these stereotypes from their parents who are uneducated I've never seen someone educated be like you're wrong you know 
it's always coming from uneducated people but that 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 fear I I, I hate it so much because it's still here it's affecting our jobs it's affecting our school it's affecting you know all like you wouldn't we never in a million years would have thought that it would have affected my you know day-to-day life but I think it's Mm -hmm. getting better um, I definitely think it's getting better because we do have that security living here in the United States that, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get justice if someone even tries to, like, harm us. Um, but then also, yeah. I think we, we you and I, um, see it every day on Twitter. Like, um, oh, 100%. We, we are on 100%. There. And, I think, and I think to a certain extent, that actually does get to you. Um, even though you might try yeah. not to, yeah. um, but seeing all this hate yeah. and seeing them just pure, like, pure hatred there's nothing good that you know comes out of some of these people's mouths and it's like Mm -hmm. it's like and you fight back so hard and you prove yourself and you bring all your sources and you tell them and you're like you have no right to judge me and they continue going off and that sometimes gets really discouraging so it's like it's like it's like your own you know break in faith where you have sometimes trouble accepting the fact that you're going to be hated because, you know, a lot of us, we really want to be loved by everyone. And, you know, because that's something mm. we stand for. We stand for loving everybody and, you know, disregarding who they are and, you know, seeing them for the kind of person they are rather than what they identify with. Right. And mm. so seeing that they hate us because just because of this one thing, because of our faith, rather than seeing that oh, you know, so many of us are doctors, so many of us are teachers, so many of us do so many humanitarian things, you know, so many of us fight for human rights. The fact that they don't see that and then they see just that big faith, you know, there is, it's so discouraging. And I feel like um, I I, I worry for the younger ones, um, you know, who are going through that um, phase of discovering themselves and finding their faith and it's hard for them because I know I'm going to be honest. I know I found myself, you know, in high school where I was like, hey, you know, should I should I even like tell people what I am? Should I even like identify mm-hmm. with? And then that led me into like doing my research and whatnot. And I, I found my way. But um, it's yeah. hard when you're like, you know, so social media, it's great for, you know, getting your word out, connecting with people. But then it's so harmful when you have other people out there, you know, attacking you just because of what you believe in. Yeah, 100%. I feel like I experienced that a lot with social media, especially on Twitter, um, where a lot of, like, like hate is coming our way. Anytime we try to raise awareness for our community, and if this was me, like, two years ago, two years ago, I would fight back day and night. I remember it would literally be, like, 11 o'clock, and I'm on Twitter fighting <laughs> these haters in my mentions because I was always, like, I feel kind of opposite of what you said, where we have to prove to them that, you know, we're valid, but to a certain point, I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm, like, okay, their opinion doesn't matter because they're coming from a really hateful place. They're coming from a hateful home where they're being taught this stuff. So I don't do it anymore. I just forget it, you know? If I'm going to raise awareness about my community, it's just going to be me doing it. If I get hate for mm-hmm. it, you know, I get hate for it. But if, if, you know, sometimes I will, you know, reply back, but I just got into the point, like, it's not in me anymore to fight back. Mm-hmm. I can't anymore. 
you know if you if someone wanted to learn they will learn you know they will reach out via dm be like hey i want to learn more about your community but if you're just going to be straight up like oh you're a gawker like i'm not going to bother with you yeah okay like it's just it takes too much energy and i feel like especially with my what i'm studying with like human rights and equity studies we learn a lot about this where you know a lot of this like hateful background is just it's coming from different generations behind them it's just not them you know it's coming from their parents it's their grandparents you know and all it takes is one person to break that cycle and you can just tell by someone like you know if you're calling me a coffer straight Mm -hmm. up you're not that clearly you're not going to be the one breaking the cycle so we're going to move on from this I'm going to continue with my life I used to take it to heart but like now I'm like I I think um personally I think I'm getting to that point maybe not yet so much Mm -hmm. but um I definitely Mm -hmm. think that um 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 that I have some hope in me where I'm like oh you know what if I say something that completely changes their mind and I'm like so I, I mm-hmm. think about it, and I'm like, it's not going to be just the same person reading it. I think, you know, um, I think it's, you know, I think I, I think what the hope that I have is that, you know, someone else might be able to see it and they'll be like, hey, you know, maybe, you know, they're right or maybe we should look into it more. Um, but I know mm-hmm. that at this point, it really isn't, you know, I mean, it is about teaching them what our what our faith is, but I think it's just at this point, asking for, you know, our rights as human beings, like, we just want to be treated as, Mm -hmm. like, as, like, humans, and we want to be able to live without fear, you know. Um, Do you think that will ever change, though, that this notion that we're, like, God-fears, or that we're non-believers will ever change? Because I don't think it will. I think slowly it will stop, you know, getting as worse Mm -hmm. that it is, but I think there's always going to be people like that but it's a test of our yeah. faith it's gonna be it's gonna be testing us as human beings if we're gonna fall or give into this type mm-hmm. of stuff you know I I feel like it's it's always gonna be there where our kids are gonna experience yeah. this too but hopefully you know we're educated enough we we're calm and collected where we can teach them but you know how heartbreaking it is to realize that we're gonna be there t- for our future kids to tell them hey you know your people are being killed and you know your mom and dad have probably experienced this beforehand my parents have experienced Mm -hmm. this beforehand my my grandparents have experienced this like it's so heartbreaking Mm -hmm. like at one point in their life you're gonna have to sit them down because I know my parents did you know me and my siblings have gone through this stuff as well where where our parents have to teach us you know whatever they say whatever they want you to believe you're not that like you hold on to your faith which is always so important. It's just heartbreaking to think about that. We're going to have to teach our mm-hmm. kids this, you know? Yeah. I think um, at one point in this world's life, it'll happen where, you know, majority of us will support us. There will be very few. I mean, the, no matter what you do, there's always going to be someone that, you know, hates you. I don't think it's going to happen yeah. in our lifetime where majority of people, you know, I don't think I'm going to be alive by the time, you know, people think, yeah, climate change is not. <laughs> climate change may actually not give us that right to experience that. Yeah. Yes, um, but um, yeah, I I agree with you. I'm definitely thinking about how you know our kids are going to have to have to know that, and they might even experiencing experience it themselves because it, it follows through with generations. So you know, if grandparents mm-hmm. are teaching their children that you know this certain group is wrong, don't ever fall into their traps or whatever. And then the next generation says that same thing and it just follows through. So there's always going to be, um, you know, a, 
that thing. It's kind of like how we talk about that. Oh, you know, I I thought we thought like our generation is going to get rid of, you know, the auntie type girls. But oh um, God, that's no. for another day. But <laughs> clearly not. But clearly not. And same way, you know, yeah. our, um, we think that our generation might get rid of the people that hate our religion. But, you know, it's not happening because there's still people our yeah. age, even younger than us, who think, we're oh, about yeah, it, you know. Grade eight, man. Grade <laughs> eight. Who taught these eighth graders that I'm a copper? <laughs> I was like, boy, who taught you that? You're not supposed yeah. to know that yet. <laughs> How did they even know what copper even meant? Like, yeah, and my, I didn't even have that in my dictionary <laughs> by eighth grade. I had to learn that later on what copper yeah. meant. How was that? And it concerns me so much that this person was coming from a home where coffer was a word that instilled in their yeah. dictionary coffer is the worst thing you can call someone yeah, exactly and that's being spewed so mm-hmm. easily out of your mouth out of your mouth now i can't yeah. imagine that. It's just we so definitely crazy. did not know it i'm pretty sure our biggest problem in eighth grade was getting through our weekly math homework not worrying about oh god my coffer and not <laughs> My my biggest eighth grade problem was the fact that I turned one. <laughs> I think I I don't think a lot of people know this, but I, somehow my parents let me dye my hair blonde, and I was just looking a little crazy. I think eighth grade was the first time I started. You know, I think I finally grew into becoming you know more girly and whatnot. So a lot of my dressing mm-hmm. changed, uh, my hair. I started taking care more care of my hair and got rid of my unibrow, obviously. Oh, God. (laughs) Those were my problems in eighth grade, not worrying about, you know, what a coffer is. Mm. And, you know, obviously, like, I was always intuitive and curious. I asked my parents about different religions. And, like, I was always curious as to why we were, like, different. And I asked them, and I learned about it even when we went to the mosque and whatnot. But I never – I never – Never, I would have never called anyone a coffer. I wouldn't even even said anything hurtful to like a Christian or a Jew or anything like that. Yeah. And been like, no, you're wrong. Like, my biggest problem yeah. was literally me and my math homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's crazy to think how different we all grew up. Like, where where we first experienced that. Hey, you know, eighth grade. That 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 affects yeah a lot. You know. You're in eighth grade being told this and that. Like, I became curious of so much, so much after, I don't know, it was just crazy to think that these people are still roaming our streets, probably still going to my university or <laughs> oh, something yeah. like that. I don't even know what this kid is doing. But it was it was interesting because I remember this one guy in eighth grade, he used to bother me so much. I hope no one from high school is <laughs> listening to <laughs> He used to bother me so much. And he was a part of the group that called me a coffer. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So... And he used to live near me, too. So when I used to walk home, he was, like, behind me. And he used to call me names. Like, he would... Oh, it was just the worst. Like, I, <laughs> it was the absolute worst. Okay? So fast forward, like, how many years? Like, I don't know, six, seven years. I go on Instagram, and this guy requests me to follow me. And I decline that stuff so fast. I'm like, honey, not today. This is what happened. You called yeah. me a coffer or your boy called me... Yeah, your boy called me a coffer. Like, we're not tight. We can't be tight. Unless he was trying to apologize to me. But, like, nah. I just thought that was so yeah. funny. I don't think he remembers. <laughs> but if I run into him, I'll be like, hey, remember when you called me a coffer? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think that personally, even now being in in college, I I avoid um, a lot of Muslims unless like unless I get that mm, that yeah. you know that vibe I guess from them where I'm like oh you know they're more open minded and they won't care. Um, I really don't because I know at my university there's probably some more conservative you know uh, one sided um, one sided uh, Muslims as well. I'm. 100% sure that's definitely something that happened that is um, a part of my campus. And there's probably some group out mm-hmm. there who's like super religious and um, thinks that, you know, work off it. But so that's why I really do keep to myself when I do go to university. Um, I think that's just a personal preference and it just avoids any conflict. So I don't have to tell other people that, oh, you know, I go to a different mosque and, you know. Yeah. But- who wants to talk to people at university anyways? <laughs> oh like, I'm trying to go to my lecture and... That is so get, true. Get my Tim's and leave. Like, I'm not here. Like, I, that was my mentality in first year. But in second year, I grew to, like, come into this friend group of mine in my program. But, like, I don't think... I don't know. It's just it's just weird. Like, when I'm at school, I, I just want to go to lecture and just get out of here, man. <laughs> One reason why I don't think I... Under, I, I really don't talk... I mean, most of my... Most of the friends that I do have at university and in college are different majors. And that's because people of my own major are mm. so... They're so competitive and cutthroat that it's, like, suffocating for me. So I'm like, I don't even want oh, to, God. like, interact with you guys. I, I, I just feel too <laughs> tense. You guys are always talking about your academics and whatnot. And... You know, that's not that's not me. Just like so I most of my friends are different majors than me so that I have, you know, a little bit of diversity here and there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, we have such hectic schedules. So who really does want to talk to anybody? <sighs> yeah. But you know, when you see your homie on campus, you gotta throw up like a one two gang sign. That's what I do. Like I'll see them, like I'll be walking up and I'll throw up a gang sign and be like, Yeah, you know, we acknowledge each other and then we'll go about our day and see yeah. each other. <laughs> which is yeah interesting yeah. that's that a great conversation a really, really good one. I'm glad that we had some differences of, of opinions because we got mm-hmm. to talk about those and yeah so yeah. it was a great episode love it yeah. I loved it okay <laughs> bye guys I'm gonna go do readings now <laughs> all right bye guys um, hopefully when you bye guys. Um, listen to this you like it oh and definitely like let us know your opinions and stuff about you know like if mm-hmm. you have something to say about this topic like let us know because I totally want to know like what other people think um I think everybody has such yeah. different opinions and experiences um that they all feel differently about their country and um about the way they live and stuff like that so you know you can always comment you can reach out to me or Sosan individually you can do whatever but thank you guys for the support and we hope to see you next time on the next episode bye Bye.